Welcome to Boris and Matt Weekly. That's BAM Weekly, the show where we chat about sports, the show where we chat about entertainment. And then at the end, we bring it all together to chat some sports entertainment. We're your hosts. I'm Boris. And as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. We got a little bit of a Super Bowl preview. Big stuff to talk about in basketball. It's going to be a sports-heavy episode, and we're going to talk about some impact wrestling, and we're just going to have some fun. It's going to be a great show. Big homie, how you doing? I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good, man. New week and huge things happening here on S Enemy Radio. I want to thank everyone for listening, whether you're coming from the free feed. And just remember that this week, every single show is free, brought to you by Total Sports. You can find them at totalsportscards.com. They're the ones who you want to thank for giving you this show and every single show for free this week. And Matt, we have so much on the docket. It's awesome not only do we have all the wrestling shows that people are used to like us on bam weekly nxt talk you got tuesday morning cooked you got all elite weekly you have the smack daddies the rampage ramble and so much more not only do we have that but we have newcomers we have mlw rewind and we have a whole bunch of pop culture shows including godfathers of podcasting with some familiar voices and we have my other geek show, the It's Canon Podcast, debuting later tonight here on the SNME radio feed. Man, so much is going on. And just remember this week, every single show is free. But moving forward to get all that content, sense, sense on the show, you have to become a member, part of the family of SNME radio. And the only way you can do that is by going to patreon.com slash SNME radio. Uh, for just over $5 a month, pennies on the show, you can get every single wrestling show, every single pop culture show, and everything that SNME Radio has to offer. Uh, and again, TotalSportsCards.com, Total Sports is the ones who are making this week possible. So I want to thank them, and I want to thank every single listener, whether this is the first time or the millionth time you've listened. It honestly means so much. Uh, but yeah, man, we have so much on the go. And that's just the SNME stuff. Uh, real life is crazy as always. Um, man, you know, it's, 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 yeah. I've been honestly going nonstop since 6.30 a.m. That's bananas. That is bananas. I woke up around then. I uh, got me a nice shower. I've been working all day. Uh, I, I feel you, man. But, yeah, you're, uh, you're actually, like, on the clock all day. I, I get to go to a physical store and then leave and come home and not have to worry about anything work-wise. I just get to talk wrestling with my good buddy Boris. But, yeah, I do not envy your position, my friend, of constantly being on the go. That's the one thing about working from home that I've always said, right? Like, so I've been working from home since 2015, since, you know, before the world changed and everything happened a few years ago, right? I've been doing this for many, many years. And I've always said, as much as I love it, I've never been a fan of going to the office, especially in industries where you don't have to, right? That's just like, you know, corporate America, uh, you know, just just, just keeping an eye on you and, 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 and whatnot, right? It's been proven that not only can people work from home but people are just as productive and in fact myself and i know it changes from fact from case to case i know some people need that social aspect of of in their lives fantastic cool but 
you know, no one should be forced to go into an office, in my opinion, right? Um, and I've always said that I'm actually not only am I more productive, but I actually put in more hours in a week when I am working from home. Like having my work computer, you know, and, and a couple steps from me, right? Uh, having my my two big screens, my two big monitors, uh, my setup at home, uh, you know, an eyeball, you know, peripheral vision away and seeing that email come in, I will answer that email at 9, 10 p.m. I, you know, if I can't sleep, which everyone knows I can't sleep, I will get up and send emails at 2, 3 in the morning just because it's something that I'm used to. It's something that's there, right? And I know it's not a good practice. I know it's not healthy per se, um, but that's just that's just how I work, right? I work in chunks. I do, and, and then putting all the chunks together, I end up doing a lot more work at the end of the day. Um, and again, that's just my work habits. Uh, but uh, yeah, it just, it's just crazy. So I've always said that I end up, working so much more uh when i am working from home and you know it's it's my job contains a lot of travel and in my mind i'm like okay i could still gotta put in my my you know eight hours or whatever uh so i end up working so much more when i'm traveling it's just so tiring but uh enough of that boring stuff that no one really cares <laughs> about but uh, that, that 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 is what you get here on bam you learn a little more about us uh, we talk a little more than we do on NXT talk um, and just remember that on it's Cannon podcast I really open up sometimes but uh, yeah that, that's that's kind of how things are here awesome man well yeah we uh we care about you boris we love to hear about you and uh yeah I, I, like i said i i very much enjoy going to work and then leaving work and not being at work anymore yeah like i'm pretty i'm pretty obnoxious with it to the point where like if if a supervisor will ask me hey uh can, can you stay like do you want to talk after work i'll be like nope <laughs> sorry i'm busy even if i'm not you know what i mean like i just yeah no talk to me about work at work or uh i'm out the door you yep. know what i mean in terms of like in terms of like a nine to five job anyway i'm currently working uh retail too so it's different because you actually have to friggin' be there so yeah it, it's uh, funny because yeah, like for, for the time being I am doing when it. i work shift stuff like in kitchens and stuff right like i was very much like you and this is like back in my university days um where i was like you gotta talk to me here i am not picking up my phone unless i like the Unless the place and the kitchen is on fire, the restaurant is on fire, I ain't picking up, right? Um, but this is this mentality of like always being on is kind of like that the tech industry mentality, and it's a crazy mentality, right? Like it's 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 kind of funny because like yeah, you do have jobs where uh, you don't work as much per se, right? Where the day might be three four hours one day, but then the next day you're working like you know fifteen sixteen seventeen hours. Um, so that's why I get like really upset sometimes um, when I see, you know, especially right now that the tech industry is starting to see the economic ass kicking, for lack of a better term, um, you know, and, 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 you know, big companies, the Googles of the world are letting go of ton of people. Right. Um, and in, in, in on Facebook, worst place and, and social media in general, right? Worst places to, to get reactions uh, because it's like, these people deserve it. They don't work, yada, 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 right? Uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a pain in the ass, uh, but no, it's, it's, it's constantly on the go. And it's like the pressures of the tech industry sometimes is insane. Uh, and that's something that like, 
yeah, I just I, I've been fighting for it just because like I've been part of it and I've been in different divisions of the tech industry, right? Like I started in the medical industry. That industry is 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 a beast within itself. Um, and then obviously I did telecom when I worked with BlackBerry. Then now I'm kind of doing more on the consulting side, and which is something that I really like because it's something different every single day. Uh, but but yeah, man. Anyways, how was your weekend? What you do? What you get up to? Oh, I just recovered because I've been kind of sick. I you, you can probably still hear it in my voice. My like equilibrium's a little weird. My ears are kind of a little weird. You know what I mean? I got some congestion in the throat, chest, and facial area. But uh, yeah, I mean, life is good. Spirits are high. Other than uh, you know the the recovery process, got some vitamins into me, got some sleep. Uh, I had to reschedule a little hinge date that's going to be coming up this week. And uh, you know, I just yeah, you know, just was slugging this... away trying to get at bats, Boris. Yeah, man, was this the one that was supposed to happen on Friday? Yes, yeah, yeah. I uh, just straight up bailed on that. I, I, I like I went to work on Friday, but then we because it was really cold too, and we were both kind of like, yeah, I've been feeling like shit. It's not the best time for a first date. Let's no. just reschedule. The no, no, day. honestly, so, I... yeah, mu- yeah, we mutually uh, both very much wanted to do that. So already, I like her a lot. <laughs> yeah, dude. Honestly, on Friday, I was I went to our neighborhood pub, Hurricanes. Right, went there. Uh, yeah, nice. uh, with a friend. Uh, and, and, and yeah, we were hanging out a little bit that night and we were waiting for an Uber. Okay. So the walk from our place to hurricanes, what is it? Five minute walk max? Uh, Maybe if that, if that, yeah. Oh my God, dude. I like the air walking South to Bloor, (laughs) the air blowing on you. It was coming into my lungs. Right. And I have baby lungs. I like to say, right. My, like my lungs aren't the best per se because uh, i was born really early and they never fully developed anyways um so like i was struggling <laughs> the air hurts your face your lungs are you can barely breathe and just the, just the cold like just the cold like my hands were frozen this isn't like in five minutes anyways after and once we left hurricanes we we're supposed to go somewhere somewhere else a little more on the west end in the junction right now ubers they weren't too busy because no one was fucking going out. No one was going out on Friday. Uh, so Ubers were, 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 you know, relatively open and free and not super expensive. But even the, like, six minutes we had to wait for the Uber in front of Hurricanes going to the junction after the fact, dude, it was disgusting. Just absolutely Just f- <laughs> disgusting. And then what's crazier is the next day. So on Saturday, what? It's like... 15 degrees warmer on sunday it's 15 degrees warmer than that and what today we're at sitting at like zero celsius yes a minus one degree celsius it is currently negative one outside yeah welcome to the junction we got fun and games homie but yeah uh dude it was freezing on friday like you said that that cutting wind that angry whipping wind just fuck me uh also i didn't know you were a preemie baby buddy yeah. is that why they call you premature boris <laughs> <laughs> they call See me immature too hey yo no uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. i was whoa, born whoa. i was born what is it um like two months early two and a half months early oh, okay super, okay so yeah it's, it's not like 
it's it's pretty it's pretty damn premature but not like dangerously so my cousin was like born like crazy premature like she was like insanely small but she's grown up to be a a normal successful human she's in nursing and stuff but yeah i always knew that's why they called you premature boris big homie. <laughs> yeah man uh fudge 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 i can't remember <laughs> run the free feed can't swear as much yeah. can't do as yeah. much um, Try yeah, to work PG thirteen. One F word. One F word. That's per exactly episode. it. we you know what? Usually we're pretty good. Usually we're pretty good. It's yeah. You know what? You know when we swear more? When we start uh, shooting the shit back and forth a little more. That's what I've noticed. Is like when we're talking like friends, off yeah. any script, off whatever. That's when we actually start uh, swearing a little more. Uh, which, because that's how we talk in real life, of yeah. course. Yeah. I, I I was a little bit of a potty mouth on the NXT review. I went back. I dropped like six or seven F bombs on that show. It's like yeah. It's like, Every geez. time you said really one, I'm like. Yep, yeah, that's when sponsor gone. Yep, that's when sponsor gone. <laughs> so thank you, ah, totalsportscards.com. Yeah, well, that's hey, that's the totalsportscards.com are real ones. But uh, yeah, man, uh, apologize. I apologize for my potty mouth on that episode, and we will keep it PG thirteen here. Yeah. So because this is kind of like a preview week, right? Like I think it. it not only do I kind of want to give people a taste, give them a taste of what uh, we usually do here on BAM, um, you know. So I think we're gonna talk a little bit of sports because we got some uh, some minor sporting events happening this upcoming weekend. We had some uh, not so good sporting events that happened this past weekend, and then you know in the wrestling world, well. I kind of want to show people what we're all about here on BAM, right? Like here in on SNME, uh, we have a show just about for all of the major promotions, right? We got something for AEW, uh, Dynamite. Uh, we got something for Rampage. We got something for Raw, SmackDown. All the pay-per-views are covered, but there's no, not enough love sometimes shown to the other guys, right? In fact, thankfully... Thankfully, someone is picking up MLW, so that's off of our plate. Uh, so, you know, we do have MLW Rewind coming to the network this week. Really awesome show. Really grateful for them to be part of the network finally. That's actually a show, Matt, that I tried or I started having conversations with them back in September. Oh, nice. Yeah, we try to get them into the fold for a while. Yeah, I love yeah. Uh, Uncle, Uncle Bobby B. And the crew, uh, I'm excited to yeah, go and listen to some MLW Rewind. The next thing we need is to con some poor sucker into watching the NWA for us. Exactly. That's exactly where I was going to go with that, right? <laughs> was we do talk NWA. We do talk Impact Wrestling, which, you know, I'm at the point now and I'm having these discussions uh, with Randy and company is, okay, Impact's at the point now where I feel like they need to have show be shown the love i really want to show impact the love they've been on a roll for the past year year and a half right two years on and off the past 12 13 months they've been on fire in my opinion um so i kind of want to show them a little more love so you know we're going to see what we're going to do with impact uh but we're you and i are still going to be covering that but it's more like the new japan pro wrestling's the pro wrestling noah's and more importantly, near and dear to our heart, it's all of the Joshi promotions from Japan that we really try to cover a lot of here on BAM. And we're going to try to, for the bigger shows, uh, try to do aftercasts for those shows because uh, we got to get more eyes on them, man. We got to get more eyes on them. And it's the funny thing is, once you start watching, once you start paying attention, 
and you notice how good these promotions actually are, it's hard to look away. And people become so glued to these. Like you, like the fans are just so insanely adamant and love these Joshi promotions. Promotions, like especially Stardom, I find, um, you know, and and, and we're kind of like that, right? Like, don't t- don't talk bad about Stardom. I will end you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're you're yeah you're ready to end people yeah i'm i'm not quite as into the stardom i want to get there the thing about stardom it's it reminds me a lot of chris rock's old joke about hockey it's like hockey is like the heroine of sports if you love hockey you only do hockey and you do hockey hard you know what i mean and that's kind of how stardom is stardom is the heroine of wrestling companies if you if you're into stardom you're basically only into the stardom uh, just generally speaking, of course, this is a, a generalization, perhaps an unfair one, but I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to roll with this bit. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like the stardom fans are hardcore into the stardom. They love it. They will tell you it's the best promotion. And maybe it is, maybe it is the best promotion in terms of long-term storytelling, in terms of consistently good matches, in terms of taking risks, in terms of always being fun. It might be the best in those four categories. Yeah, you know what the problem with stardom, the biggest problem with stardom is, and when you start watching, especially Japanese promotions, it's wrapping your head around their schedule, right? It's, they don't have weekly TV, they don't have a Monday Night Raw every week that you have to tune into. It The schedules are, it can become a little crazy at times and hard to follow. Um, I find myself, like, trying so hard to find Google calendars with all the sh- big shows. Um, I have one for New Japan really looking one for new uh, for stardom uh and and noah if anyone knows of the one send them my way because i love having these events in my calendar just just for reference right because yeah i i have stuff written down but there's just so much going on and these shows happen so infrequently like for example new japan pro wrestling they might have you know their big road to shows two three nights in a row leading up to their big quote-unquote event right uh for example next weekend's new beginning show uh which is quite a big show we'll talk about the card a little later because there's one match in particular that i really want to discuss uh so you know it's this infrequent frequency of their events that you know you have to wrap your head around and that's what i find with stardom but New Japan Pro Wrestling is great because I find that New Japan World does a great job of showing you almost everything, minus a lot of their strong events, their USA events. Those are on fight, but at least you know when they're going to happen. Stardom, the way that Stardom World and and their on-demand service works is, you know, it's very weird because things come after the fact for a few days. You got the window to watch them, and then they go on-demand a little later after that a lot of their shows you have to pay extra for so it's just the it's hard to find i guess is what i'm trying to say right and and if if you have to go out of your way to know when a show is happening find the show you're less likely to watch it right and that's that's the crappy part so you know and then i think it's up to us matt and other people who follow these promotions to really beat down when these shows are happening etc but if you're new and and you you know you're trying to find these shows and become a fan on your own it's really really hard yeah absolutely yeah. well said and that's what i struggle with with stardom so yeah we're gonna need i'm gonna need your help on that and we're gonna try to show show off at least the two three biggest stardom events of the year and if we can 
do a immediate aftercast. Uh, another thing we talk about here a lot, we try to do random top tens and I actually didn't tell you about this. This is, this is totally off the dome, but I'm just looking at my notes and I could do a top 10 matches of the year so far on this show that we're doing right now. I could do an impromptu top 10 matches of 2023. If you want to do that, buddy, we can do that at the end of this show. Let's do it because you know, it just goes to show you, and we talked about this as we were compiling our top 122 of 2022, um, and that's like how much wrestling there is. Like, it's insane, and we are just, man, wrestling fans, it, like, let's be honest. We are so lucky to be wrestling fans right now because there's just so, there's just so much. And it, this is why, like, it always makes me laugh when people really start getting on WWE's case. I know that like you want the best for the companies if you're a fan and you're going to you know crap on them if they do something stupid but there's a lot of people who just hate watch WWE, right? And I don't even know why they watch it. You don't have to watch WWE. You don't have to watch AEW. I know people who refuse to watch the big guys, right? They'll, they'll stick it to GCW, right? Or they're going to be following everything that's happening in Japan. And even in Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling, oh, that that's that's, you know, too big for them. They're they're more, you know, in the AJPW and stuff like that. Even Noah Oh, Noah's getting too big and popular now, right? Um, kind of reminds me of like hipsters and, and the hipster music. And when a band becomes too big for them, right? They turn on them. Um, I guess what I'm trying to Kinda say like is like how that you turned on Billy Talent, Boris. I, You know what? Yes, that's a perfect example. <laughs> <laughs> that is a perfect example. Um, you but, knew them when they were fucking blue unicorn or damn it. Damn it. I blew our F word. Ah, has. see what happened. We started, we started shooting the shit just like buddies. And then I just went and dropped one. But yeah, what, was, what, were, what were they called when you saw them for the first time, Boris? Pez. And I saw them. The first time Pez. I saw them was in a little hall in Streetsville, Mississauga. Uh, there's this, there's this pool hall um, kind of the most grungy place that you can find in Mississauga, which is like still posh and upscale. Um, but it's in Streetsville, Mississauga. It was this basement, and that's where Billy Talent slash Pez used to play. Super different group from what we got when, you know, they were Billy Talent. I imagine, yeah. Uh, but that was that. Um, what I'm trying to say with wrestling is it's just a little bit of different styles, different promotions, something for everyone. That's the beauty, and we're so lucky to be wrestling fans right now and it's crazy that we're on february the 6th and we have enough to you know enough matches under our belt to be able to compile a list i've even top yeah. 10 so far top 10 easy all great matches and there's two matches that i haven't seen that i need to so we're going to talk about that let's get into sports though buddy yeah we got to start talking about some sports you want to start with how terrible the nhl all-star weekend has gotten oh my god so the all-star game <laughs> when i was a kid the all-star game was cool right because on the saturday night the whales and the campbells divisions would always go up against and do their skills competition and I liked the skills competition back then. It was simple. Um, even, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, and, and it was fun. You were a kid. As you grew up older, you started seeing everything. So the NHL tried to change things up. And, you know, they've played around with the format so many times. But the format that they have now is just not fun at all. Um, and, and, and the players don't care. Dude, even the broadcasters don't give a crap. And it's just like, I feel like yeah, the even the broadcasters and the people presenting 
us that weekend. Yeah. It's like they they drew the short end of the stick or something. If they can't be arsed to care or pretend that it's good at all, obviously the fans are going to know. They have PK Subban out there doing bits like he's hosting Saturday Night Live. Like they've just completely lost the plot. They have completely lost the plot in the NHL All-Star game. So the next one's in Toronto. It is in this fine city that we are currently recording this podcast from, Boris. Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And I think they're going to really try to revamp it, try to rebuild the all-star game. I think they're going to bring the draft back. They had the draft like the NBA for a couple years where the, where they, they draft a team of all-stars and play the all-star game that way. That was a ton of fun. The NHL is so oversensitive. They took it out. So people don't feel bad, but even the NBA, which has some really sensitive superstars, even they still do the draft. So like guys like Phil Kessel was picked last one year. Everyone laughed. Phil Kessel is going to the hall of fame. I don't think, you know what I mean? Like, Maybe it bugs him. Maybe Phil Kessel's leading the charge against the draft. I'm going to say Phil Kessel doesn't give a shit. That's my guess. Yeah. I don't think he cares, buddy. I would I w- not. I I, I, I I would not. Like, I would be embarrassed if I was the NHL. I would not proceed with uh with the NHL All-Star Weekend as was. Like, that, that needs some, like, a total teardown. It needs to be reworked from the ground up. Yeah. And here's the thing. The All-Star Game should be a showcase right should be a showcase of your sport to the casual viewers you have the best of the best playing against each other yeah you can still have a fun and entertaining game and not injure yourself and not go balls deep with fights and body checks and stuff right like use it especially right now i saw a report last week mid last week that tnt's ratings are down 22 percent year over year there's many reasons for that right um we can talk about the national games versus the local games right but if your ratings are down and you want to get more eyes use the all-star game as that as that podium but no they make an absolute arse of it and it's just it's embarrassing and somehow matt somehow it wasn't even the worst all-star game this past weekend (laughs) i love it i love that take but it was yeah they just tried to make it a comedy show and it was as cringy as cringe could be I actually enjoyed the Pro Bowl and their comedy show and whatever they were doing. I enjoyed it more than the NHL All-Star Game. But yeah, but I accept your argument. Tell me why the Pro Bowl was worse than the NHL uh, business. Well, here's the thing. 100% honest, I didn't, I can't be, I can't even go near the Pro Bowl. And it's been <laughs> fair, years fair. since I've touched the Pro Bowl. I think it was in the 90s yeah. uh, when I watched I only, the Pro Bowl I, last. I, I want to say I did not watch a single second of it live. I only saw highlights on SportsCenter, and I, I thought, well, that looks fun and way better than the NHL All-Star game. So I didn't see it either, to be fair. Yeah, but is it like the whole uh, flag football thing that kind of like... Yes, yes, absolutely, completely, and only that, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's a different take, right? And the thing is, with football, yeah, yeah, yeah. come on, NHL. Yeah. Come on, TNT. You spent so much money. Come on, WB Discovery. You like controlling Tony Khan and what he puts on TV? Talk to your partners in the NHL. Tell them to stop putting on crap on All-Star Weekend because you guys are down in ratings 22% year over year, and you spent a boatloads of money to get eyes and to get that on your network. So come on. That's the time that you get new eyes. That's the time that you – when else – 
can you honestly say that you can get Ovi versus Crosby versus whomever else, right? Like, let's be on versus Austin Matthews in a triple threat. Put him there. Boom. There you <laughs> go. But you know what I mean, there right? Like, go. TNT's got to step in or whoever is is the national broadcaster of the All-Star game and just – they got to work with the NHL because it's just embarrassing. It's like no one's going to watch the sport after the All-Star game. When I was a kid, I loved the All-Star game. I thought it was great. And it, that kept me watching hockey for so long, right? So, you know, how do you solve a problem like Maria? You use the All-Star game, God damn it. Just make it better. Just that, and that, obviously that's a loaded statement, like make it better. Okay, how? But it's but not hard. Like, okay, Just... It's not hard. It's really not hard. Do the things that people like. People love the the accuracy shooting. People love the hardest shot. Uh, way less downtime. Don't make it a comedy show. Nobody on planet Earth asked for the NHL All-Star Game to become a bad comedy show. Nobody wants that. Nobody asked for it. Fucking stop doing it. I'm sorry I swore twice, but that one was on purpose. Uh, you have to stop NHL. You, you like it? Just I feel so bad for PK Subban, man. They hang this guy out to dry, and now he looks like an idiot. It might hurt his broadcasting career because they tasked him with being Jerry Seinfeld. Why? Why would you do this? No one asked for it. No one wanted it. So yeah, I think this. I, I think the Pearl Bowl was better than that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and you know, I guess the way to round out this conversation is talking about you know, look at the MLB, right? Like, is it the best game ever? No. Is it the craziest? You know, most most closest game you're ever gonna watch? No. But there's a big thing about the MLB All Star Game that's vastly different from every other sport, including the MLS. What's that? They give a damn about it. And they, being the players and the league, give a damn about it. Yes, the league especially. And though they tweak it, the Home Run Derby has changed a lot, for example. It's now a tournament and there's like time and it's it's a crazy difference from when I was a kid. It's still very basic. It's Home Run Derby and it's All-Star Game and they do the prospect game on uh, the Friday now and that's about it and that's all you need like you don't need to reinvent the wheel too much uh, and that's what the NHL has has really done is is try to absolutely just just put I don't even know what they're doing they just put like diamonds and sp sparklers on this wheel it is not working so on a scale from MLB All-Star Game to NHL All-Star Game where would you put the NBA All-Star Game in weekend that's interesting. Uh, is the the NBA one? It was so much better when we were kids, and it, it will Vince Carter and that stuff. But I think, I think the NBA is closer to baseball than hockey. But the NBA does step in its own way a lot. The biggest problem with the NBA All Star Weekend is that no one wants to do the dunk contest, and the dunk contest sucks. When the dunk contest is good, everyone's like, "Oh, the All Star Weekend saved! It's back!" And it happens once in a blue moon. The one that comes to mind, obviously, is Aaron Gordon versus Zach Levine. But there have been good dunk contests uh, here and there. Uh, some underrated ones: Jason Richardson, underrated dunk contest combatant. And they, yeah, when. The that's totally it with the NBA one. It comes and goes with the dunk contest. When the dunk contest is bad, people just eviscerate the NBA All Star Weekend. Yep. And when it's good, people are like, "Oh, that was great." Yep, agreed. 
Man, and then the MLS All-Star Game is is more on the levels. It's kind of in the middle, right? Uh, MLS, what they do is they they try to showcase the league, and the way they do that is by facing an international opponent. Lately, they've been we've been seeing a lot of you know MLS versus the Mexican All Stars or a specific team from Mexico. Uh, they're really trying to showcase that. But the issue is is that as MLS is getting better, the All Stars, the best of the best, are obviously going to beat some of these international teams. A big one a few years ago, and I'll never forget this, uh, was when the MLS beat Bayern Munich. Right, like uh, that one. I actually completely did forget that. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, they beat them, and it was essentially an embarrassment. Pep Guardiola, he was the coach of Bayern at the time, and he refused to shake hands with the coach of the MLS All Stars because he's like, "Fuck you guys, sorry for swearing." (laughs) Oh, Boris, how dare you drop an f bomb on this podcast? Just kidding, I don't care. so yeah, I, I guess that was August 2014 that that happened. Yep, was it? Wow, yep. that's craziness. Yep, it was I, crazy. I, I, yeah, totally, totally missed that one. Yep. Uh, so while we're still kind of on the subject of uh, of basketball here, we mentioned the NBA uh, briefly. We got to talk about two huge basketball stories. Firstly, yes. Kyrie Irving traded to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Kyrie and Luca together at last. Okay, Kylie, Ky- Kylie, Kyrie and Luca. <laughs> <laughs> Kylie, as I'm gonna start calling them as a tandem. Okay, cool. Yes. Um, who else do they have? And how many picks did they give over the next few years? Uh I, I gotta I gotta look at that. Uh I'll load up the actual trade here. Uh so while we're you know, going, but yeah, so I, I the whole you thing know what my me, point this is, is like, right? This is classic NBA. This is classic NBA issue right now where picks are going left, right, and center. It's all about the picks. Okay, cool. You got you got Kyrie and you got Luka. That's a that's great. And in basketball, you know, in a game where there's only five on the court and you can theoretically play most of the game, they can make a huge difference. Uh, but where's your support, right? We're seeing more and more that in the NBA, it's your bench that's winning you championships. It's your depth. Yeah, you got the All-Stars 5, right? That's cool. But it's your bench that ends up winning you. 2019, what won the Raptors, aside from Kawhi, what won the Raptors a championship in 2019? Uh, Yeah, their bench was definitely instrumental. But everyone, like, that's the thing. A lot of players stepped up. So, obviously, the depth was key. And, yeah, they they didn't lose too much depth, though. This is a two-for-two trade. In terms of NBA trades, this is actually fairly tame well, pick-wise because there's only one first and two seconds that got moved. So here's the official trade. The Dallas Mavericks received Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris. The Brooklyn Nets received Spencer Dinwiddie going back to Brooklyn. Dorian Finney-Smith, who's an excellent defender. That hurts losing uh, him off Dallas. A 2029 first, a 2027 second, and a 2029 second. So the Nets trade their... Or the Mavericks trade their entire 2029 draft. I guess that's when they're okay. expecting you, to win a title. Okay, so uh, the Nets got Dinwiddie, right? Yes. Did you hear what's the free, most frequent rumor happening here in Toronto about Dinwiddie? Coming to the Raptors? There's a possibility the Nets are going to flip them for Van Vliet. In a, uh, yeah. Oh my. Well, we got to get some picks back from the Nets, perhaps some of these Mavericks picks. That would be interesting. 
Uh, we got yeah. I expect Fred Fred Van Vliet to be traded from the Raptors. We are nearing NBA trade deadline time, but yeah. So Kyrie and Luca together, that's tough. There is only one basketball. That's the first thought. Obviously, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird for two ball dominant uh, players. Luca, the most ball dominant player in the league, you know, it's gonna be tough. But Luca has way too much of a workload. This is going to take some of the load off of Luca's shoulders. If Kyrie gels with this guy. It's going to be, uh, obviously, it's going to be something crazy and it could be something really special. And I think it is worth the risk as long as this guy's in the NBA, man. Like if he's still a basketball player and he still has this talent in his body, someone's going to take the risk. And I get why Dallas would be that team. I think this trade makes a lot of sense. I don't think they gave up that much. If he just ends up leaving, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, exactly, right? And I think here's the thing, right? Kyrie was destined to never step foot on on the uh, court for Brooklyn again. There was no way that he was going to do it. Uh, we heard reports early yesterday morning that even if until he's traded, he's going to be benched essentially to avoid to avoid injury, right, and stuff like that, and I think to avoid the ego and confrontation. Um, but, you know, so they wanted him out, and he wanted out, and this was the fastest way to move stuff. Uh, and and the, the deal got done. So I think that's why uh, that trade wasn't as in, as insane pick-wise as we've seen in the past. Or hopefully the NBA is starting to correct itself uh, you know, from free agency and some of that madness that we've seen uh, over the past few summers. Yeah, it's possible that this is kind of the market coming back down to earth a little bit, but I do think the reason why it was a lower amount of picks is A, because Kyrie can walk away as a free agent uh, pretty damn soon, and B, because Kyrie is an insane person. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's, he's not the most reliable NBA player. Yep. So Wodge, earlier today at 4.30 p.m., this is what he tweeted out. Many conversations in the league are going through one team today, the Toronto Raptors. Oof. Oh, won't you bastard. All right. Well, let's see. Let us see. OG's going to get traded, and I think Van Vliet's going to get traded, too. I, I think Siakam ends up staying. But, man, it wouldn't shock me if the Raptors traded all three of those guys and just tore this thing down. So here's here. So apparently from what, uh, you know, I'm reading, uh, you know, uh, I can see OG going. I can see Van Vliet going. But Pascal, spicy P. Uh, apparently they're not willing to let go of him yet. Um, that's not to say that if they get the that sweet that sweet offer, right, that they're not going to pull the trigger, but apparently the Raptors are keen on keeping Pascal the most. So let's see what yes. happens before Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern, because honestly, I, I think that the Raptors are due for a change. I think that, you know, the the powers that be right now in, in Raptors land, uh, Masai, they try to create a team with what we have. Obviously, it's not working. Uh, so I can see that 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 soft reset happening. But we still yep. need a cornerstone for set first set soft reset. And that's where Pascal Siakam really comes into play. Um, looking at Van Vliet's numbers right now in front of me, dude, this year he's averaging 19.7 points. Four and a half rebounds and six and a half assists over forty-six games, and people are still are, are here in Toronto are still upset. This is why we can't have nice things in Toronto. <laughs> he is having he's not having the the year that 
a lot of people expected. He is, he is, I don't know. It's because the Raptors aren't winning mostly. If he had those numbers on a winning team, people wouldn't bat an eyelash. But you're right. Yeah. Raptors fans are, well, people being mad at Messiah because we're not a winner this year need to stop watching the Toronto Raptors. If you've said online, and if you've posted and hit send or enter or whatever it is on on anything, any variation of oh, Masai needs to Masai needs to apologize, Masai needs to explain. Please stop watching the Toronto Raptors, please. The Raptor fans, fan. and this is this is a Toronto issue. Let's talk about this real quick. I don't want to be too Toronto centric today, um, but this is a Toronto issue, and I think that this is a good statement for most sports. Toronto fans love Toronto. They don't necessarily like basketball in the NBA. They like the Raptors. So when you when when you know the way that they watch the Raptors, right? They kind of become kind of homerish about it. They become homers about the Raptors, right? A little, 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 you know. It it and it kind of it makes. I guess what I'm trying to say is sometimes the Toronto fans look dumb in the grand scheme of stuff, uh, because they they love the fact that they love their team. But sometimes they're a little too, I don't know. I don't know how to explain this properly, but you know where I'm going with this, right? Absolutely. Like, you can't expect to win every game every year. We won a title in 2019. It took a risk with this roster. It's not working out. That's fine. Like, you can't make the playoffs every single year. The East is stacked. We're still in the hunt, but I think what needs to happen is the Raptors need to burn it down. Seth Rollins style, absolutely positively burn this thing to the ground. Keep Scotty and Pascal if you want, but you don't even have to do that. You could trade everyone and try to get Victor Wembanyama on this team next year. So Raptors fans, Boris, to quote a wise man, need to be a little tranquilo. I think I like that. I like that. All right, let's talk, but let's move on. Let's talk about one last basketball thing. Okay, let's do this. Big, big news. LeBron James, 36 points away from passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the all-time leading scorer position in NBA history. Tuesday night, LeBron James in Los Angeles plays the Oklahoma City Thunder. He needs 37 points in that game to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I don't think he gets it. On Thursday... The Milwaukee Bucks are in town. Not only is that Giannis Antetokounmpo probably the best player in the league, the Milwaukee Bucks are the first team that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played for. It's almost like it was fixed or something. And not only that, not only did Kareem play there, not only are they facing, you know, the arguably the biggest team in the East, but it's on a nationally scheduled game. So here's the question, Matt. When he does it on Thursday, when, (laughs) not if, when, does he use a Kareem hook shot to get it? Oh, he, that would be so sick. Oh my God, I didn't even consider that. He's got to do a sky hook to break Kareem's record. That would be so incredible. Oh my God, what a great call, buddy. So yeah, he plays on, on Tuesday, he plays the Thunder. I'm expecting him to go for like 30. 31-ish, 32, he's, 27. He's going to get enough. He's going to get enough so that he doesn't have to work too hard. Um, and, you know, he can, he can get that. Uh, he can break the record, you know, late in the second half. They can stop oh. the game for 15 minutes, finish the yeah. first half, or first half, I should say, second quarter. And then, you know, you know then everything yes. else can happen. 
Absolutely. Uh, yeah. They're going to, they're, he's going to break that record before midnight. He's going to break the record early enough that the people in the East uh, time zone can see it. You know what I mean? So yes, uh, early, early in the second quarter, late first quarter of Thursday nights, Bucks versus Lakers game. That is the official BAM prediction. That is when LeBron James will break the scoring record with a hook shot with a sky hook. Oh, yeah. Boris, what a, what a beautiful call. God, I hope that happens. I hope. Okay. Come on bookers. Let's book that in. <laughs> write write the nba script write it out oh, speaking of man, scripts amazing <laughs> let's talk some nfl <laughs> yes the super bowl we got to make a super bowl pick uh who's your who's your winner what's the score who's the mvp okay all right so i think my pick of casey isn't changing um, I believe that Patrick Mahomes is going to be healthy enough, but I think that he's injured enough. So here's what's going to happen in the game. We talked about this last week. It's still my prediction for this week. The Eagles are going to win the first half by three points, and it's going to be a back-and-forth battle in the second half. But I think that uh, uh, KC is going to win by six points. Mahomes is going to be the MVP just because it's Patrick Mahomes and everyone's like, oh, he played injured. He's the best. Yada, yada, yada. Um, but that's what I think is going to happen. Amazing. Okay. So here's what I have. Uh, Chiefs win. Same exact game. Eagles control the clock. Win the first half. The Chiefs come roaring back. Kansas City 27. Philadelphia 22. MVP Travis Kelsey. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Yep. That is my official pick. 27-22 is at this moment slightly under the score, too. I think everyone's going to look at the Super Bowl and everyone's going to bet the over. I think it's going to be a very sexy pick. These are two kind of like good offenses. Obviously, Kansas City is an incredible offense, and Philadelphia runs the absolute P out of the ball, and they have some awesome receivers, too. So I think people are going to pound the over. I think it's going to go slightly under. It's 50 and a half points, 27-22, 49 points so that's my official score kansas city beats philadelphia 27 22 travis kelsey mvp all right i have a question for you and this hurts me because of our allegiance to the faith to the to the greatest nfl team ever and that's the miami dolphins um i love the fact that tyreek hill isn't in this game i hate talking yeah. about him, but it makes me so <laughs> yeah. happy that he's at home watching you know what? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm currently wearing a Miami Dolphins toque. But yeah, I, I dislike Travis Kelsey. I hate that he's on my team. And it's nice that he's not in the Super Bowl. Tyreek Hill. Eat shit, Travis Kelsey. Uh, yeah, tra uh, yes, Tyreek Hill. Not Travis Kelsey. We like you, Travis Kelsey. Uh, Tyreek Hill, not so much. Yeah, exactly. All right, Bookers, let's see what you come up with for Sunday. Um, but I think it'll be a fun game, right? I think it should be a fun game. Uh, we got a fun little uh, halftime show, so that's going to be happening this uh, this 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 weekend. Uh, we're going to be talking all about it on next week's BAM, hopefully. Um, but yeah, man, it's 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 time. It's crazy this this season of the NFL. I guess we'll do a full wrap up. But I had fun this season. Yes, same. Absolutely. It was, uh, I mean, it, it sucks because my roommate, uh, Fleetwood, who I usually watch a ton of football with, he's a Cleveland Browns fan, and the Cleveland Browns were embarrassing for a number of reasons this year, not the least of which being Deshaun Watson, that whole fiasco. So my football buddy was gone this year. He was very much not watching football, not enjoying it, completely over it. It was actually kind of sad. So in that way, 
it was a weird football season just personally for me and watching football in my house. It was like a weird vibe around football, you know, but I did enjoy watching the games. I think it was an excellent season in terms of action. Brock Purdy was a great story. I can't wait to see where he goes. San Francisco has a lot to work out with their quarterback situation. We have Aaron Rodgers going to a new team now. We have the Buffalo Bills. Can they climb that mountain next year? Football is in a really good place. You're bored like, shaking his head at the Buffalo Bills. Nah, they won't. They won't. Um, <laughs> no, they're not going anywhere. Well, well, they're, they, they ain't winning anything if they haven't won yet. Here's the thing about the Bills. The window is closing for the Bills right now. I don't uh, you closing closing close closing that is fair closed no closing perhaps yes yeah it's yeah closing there seems to be the Buffalo Bills uh, unfortunately picked up some egos throughout the season and it'll be interesting to kind of see how they figure themselves out um it's kind of funny that last year we predicted you know the downfall of the Rams I thought it was going to happen, you know, before they won the Super Bowl. But it eventually, everything that we said was going to happen in terms of egos and them not playing well together and them essentially blowing up, you know, happened midseason this year. Um, yes. But uh, I hope that doesn't look. I'm not a fan of Buffalo at all, but I don't want to see that happen to Buffalo because, you know, th- those poor fans, man, they, they they've suffered through so much. Absolutely. I do think Buffalo had some really key injuries. Losing Vaughn Miller was devastating to Buffalo. He's such a huge, like that changed the entire playoff run. Like I, I think Buffalo is going to be okay. Uh, but you're right. The windows, it feels a little bit like the Maple Leafs hate to throw, just throw darts at our Toronto fans, but it feels like the Maple Leafs, not the window is not closed, but it's closing. It's closing for many reasons for many reasons. It is closing. <laughs> Yes, and for many reasons, Maple Leafs feel like Buffalo and Maple Leafs fans feel like Buffalo fans because in many cases they are the same human being. Yeah, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know. I don't know. Easy to hate the same person for many reasons. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just yes, sir. Uh, yeah, so I think that, that covers everything that I wanted to talk about sports-wise. Boris, if you want to move on to the professional-based wrestling. Let's do that because I think there's nothing major to talk about in the entertainment. Um, go listen to the, the uh, It's Candid podcast. I'm going to be talking all things Last of Us, all things, uh, a couple Apple shows there. Uh, so, nice. you know. I, I actually do, off the, off the top of my head, I do have one thing. Joe Para. I've talked about Joe Para talks yes. with you. He's one of my favorite comedians. That's one of the best shows I've seen in my entire life. I love that show. Very weird, very slow. It reminds you of your grandpa, except he's actually like 30, he's not 70. But yeah, he's just a very unique, offbeat kind of guy, and he's got a new podcast. The first episode is about soup. I suggest that you listen to it. It's fabulous. It's awesome. You know what? Sometimes those 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 random podcasts are always the best. It's like that one that I've talked to you about, Ologies, where they pick something. Yeah, I, I love that one. I love that one. Just learning random stuff. I, I listened to like half of an ologies episode to pass out and I was really enjoying it and I totally forgot about it until you mentioned it just now. So I need to check that pod out again. Yep. You know, educational podcasts like BAM Weekly. Those are the best <laughs> ones. Yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. Now let's talk some impact wrestling, the most educational topic of all. What? us talk some impact wrestling like i mentioned uh, to start the show again impact's honestly been in on such a roll um i know you don't watch it like every single week but you watch it when you can um you know before we get to this week's 
show, or last week's show, I should say. Matt, on our DVR, I've noticed a, yeah. a crap ton of best of TNA matches. Thank you, Canadian Game Network. <laughs> yes, the Game Show Network in Canada plays best of TNA. So I just recorded that, and we had like 25 episodes. That I haven't watched any. So I was going through some of them. I noticed a lot of Robbie E., uh, currently known as Robert Stone, Mr. Stone in NXT. He's all over this show to the point where I wonder if he booked the matches for, <laughs> for a brief period uh, on this best of impact. But I did catch two matches that I haven't seen before that were actually fantastic. Just one morning, I was just like, oh, I'll check out some of these. And I saw two matches that kind of blew my socks off. So Jeff Hardy versus Austin Aries from Bound for Glory 2012. That was at least four stars. And Jeff Hardy for, versus Austin Aries, the next month, a ladder match from Turning Point 2012 was even better. So I would say probably four stars for uh, Bound for Glory, four and a quarter, something special would be on the top uh, 2000 or top 112 of 2012. Is that what it would be? Yeah, that, yeah that's, what it, that's would be. what it would be. Those yes, are two sir. guys, Austin Aries and Jeff Hardy, for many different reasons, they are their worst, own worst enemies. Yeah, absolutely. The Austin Aries thing is so weird because he's he doesn't have a drug problem. He he's not like out there driving drunk. He's not out there assaulting people. He's just the biggest dick in wrestling. He's just a dick. He's just an asshole. And that's why his career didn't go exactly as far as it should have. But you watch this guy in the ring and you like you're reminded like, oh my God, Austin Aries would fit in like a glove in AEW or you know what I mean? Any of the best rosters that are in current wrestling, like he was ahead of his time. He was really, really good. Yeah, he was. All right. Let's talk some modern impact and what's going on right now, dude. There's a lot going on right now. So over the past several months, bully Ray is, is still somehow hovering and being featured on impact <laughs> at first. Uh, I know at first I'm like, Oh my God. This is it's starting again. You know, as soon as I give Impact enough credit, they do something to just 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 get just just come down. It's the reverse, yeah, the reverse Godfather three. Just when I think I'm in, they push me back out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. And and then maybe I'm justifying it in my head just so I keep watching this show because I do cover it very often. <laughs> it might be for slamwrestling.net. But but here's the thing. Josh Alexander has faced you know, he's had excellent matches with not the biggest names. You're right. And, and no, no, I'm not trying to dig a hole on anyone. Right. Um, I'm not trying to say that these people aren't great because he's had some great opponents like Eric Young. Right. And and Kazarian Ishii. Yeah. He, but people who are amazing wrestlers, but not name value in the United States of America. Bully Ray is a name value here in North America. Bully Ray is yeah. someone that everyone knows in some shape, way, or form. In some iteration of his long-ass career, someone you know Bully Ray, whether it you know it, whether he's a Dudley or, or bullying people, you know this guy. So it makes sense why he's there and why he's being featured. He has taken a bit of a step back, but he's still one of the main people on Impact. Um, so last week... They had something called the Golden Shooter match, uh, which is a six. Um, yeah, I know. Which was a six-way elimination match. Rich Swan won that match, and he became the number one contender. Um, uh, so, and the Golden Shooter. <laughs> Please bam, bam. 
I just think of Happy Gilmore, Shooter McGavin. Yes. This is Shooter's tour. And I'll be damned. Someone's going to take Shooter's spot. Exactly. So it's Rich Swan versus Josh Alexander is going to happen mid-February at No Surrender, which is their next Impact Plus uh, event. Rich Swan finally coming back. This is the first time he's really been featured since he lost to Kenny Omega two years ago. Yeah, I was going to say, Rich Swan lost that awesome match to Kenny Omega that was on our top uh, 121 of 2021 list. Pretty high, if I remember. And then he fell off the face of planet Earth. Yeah, what happened he, to Rich Swan he the last 18 months? He he teamed up with Willie Mack off and on, and then once Willie Mack left Impact, he's kind of been in. He's kind of been nowhere. I was gonna say he's kind of been left in the dark. No, that's Willie Mack. He's fighting on dark right now. Ah, ah yes, <laughs> he's the weekly the weekly Boris Dark joke. They're getting better. Uh, that was a good one too. Last last week's was the best one yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Rich Swan, Josh Alexander, and then right now, it's kind of weird because you have Santino Morella. As Santino Morella, as the authority yeah, figure, name. right? Um, and Bully Ray is kind of like, you know, trying to insert himself into the main event. And Santino Morella is saying, no, a few weeks ago, Bully Ray powerbombed Scott Demore through a table. So Bully Ray is like, hey, Santino, look at what I've done to the other authority figures. Give me what I want. He's pulling a Batista type of thing. Nice. Yeah, okay. So I, I understand that this is Bully Ray's character and nothing you have said is wrong. And I, I see this th same thing happening with Jeff Jarrett, where he's doing good work and it's enhancing the show. But it's just that he plays the badass outlaw character. That character shouldn't be a 50-year-old man. It shouldn't. In professional wrestling, the badass outlaw who's laying out fucking like everyone. Yeah, sorry. He was just, he's just absolutely destroying people left and right. That should be a 25-year-old kid. It should be the Wardlows. It shouldn't be the Jeff Jarretts and the Bully Rays. You know? All right. But let's talk about the show itself because yes! the opener and the main event were fantastic. The opener being Bullet Club's Chris Bay and Ace Austin versus Kevin Knight and Kushida. Ooh, that is a very interesting tag team match. Three awesome wrestlers. Kevin Knight would be the the odd man out in that, but it's not that he's not got a lot of potential. Haven't seen enough Kevin Knight to, to firmly declare him awesome. Certainly think he's got a lot to offer, though. Yeah, and Bullet Club, uh, Bay and Austin, they've been mm. on a streak since uh, the New Japan's Junior Tag League Tournament. They ended up in second place in that, and I love the fact, thank you, Impact Wrestling, for not screwing their momentum up, right? This is what I yes. mean about Impact. They're taking a step back, and they've embraced the entire wrestling world, and they're not being dumb with stuff. I absolutely love that. Yeah, you got to take the take the scope of what's happening and push the right people other than, uh, of course, Bully Ray. <laughs> anyway, Chris Bay is awesome. And yeah, Ace Austin, if you've never seen Ace Austin, he reminds me a lot of TJP when I first saw TJP. He reminds me of a modern day Lash LaRue. Huh, what an interesting comparison. I would have never thought that, but there's something in there that I could see that for sure. I could actually, I could totally see it. Yeah, but he TJP I think is a perfect way to describe him, yeah. like the modern day or a similar wrestler, um, similar style Pokemon as you love to stay. And this is an, honestly <laughs> yes, a yes. very very fun match. Um, yeah. So in the middle of the match, Kashida and Austin are playing chicken 
as they are on their opposite opponent's shoulders. That was actually hilarious. And then Knight does this amazing, amazing, amazing drop kick over people's heads, and he hits um, Ace Austin. It, dude, it was crazy. Kevin Knight, two weeks back to back, doing these incredible moves. Um, and this is, you know, where where again Impact's booking has been very, very smart because the Bullet Club continue their momentum and they got the win in such a fun, fun match. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, love, love me some Ace Austin. Love me some Chris Bay. I think that's an excellent, super underrated, way deep under the radar tag team. And yeah, man, it's good that they're getting some big wins here on Impact. Yep. All right. So let's talk about the design, the new Violent by Design. They're going as the design right now. Uh, they are headed by Diener. Uh Sammy Callahan now is known as Callahan, and he's trying to get himself into the design, which is interesting because, you know, outside of his uh, OVE, Ohio versus everyone gimmick, he's always been kind of like the, the the lone wolf, right? So it's kind of weird that he wants to be part of this. Uh, so he's essentially going through, they called them the seven deadly steps. Step three was for him to win the golden six-shooter match. He Obviously, he didn't win, but he was part of the final two with Rich Swan. Um, so Diener kind of granted him some mercy. He granted him some Waylon mercy and said that ah. step four is actually winning the main event, which was an eight-man match, which featured all of the design against Team Josh Alexander, which was very, very cool. All right. Giselle Shaw went up against Savannah Evans. Uh, so Giselle Shaw has been in a lot of tag teams. Uh, she's always kind of turned on her partner. Uh, so she ends up beating Savannah Evans, and then she grabs a mic, and then she says that, you know, she is going to be known as a Black Widow. So she's essentially set that up as her new nickname. Um, and then she's like, she's going for the Impact Championship. So that was that. Kenny King. Kenny King, former, former, formerly of Ring of Honor, uh, showing up super late to work. He gets in people's faces. Kenny King has been feuding with uh, Mike Bailey recently, and he's like, I know how to beat this guy now. Um, and then he starts talking about Rich Swan. He confronts a couple people in the back, which included uh, uh, SNME's own Aiden Prince. So that was cool to oh. see him. Aiden Prince also had an excellent match with josh gresham before impact oh wow that's awesome uh jonathan gresham yeah jonathan gresham yes yeah wow Aiden prince versus jonathan gresham i definitely want to see that match yeah uh it's very sad to hear about the news of Aiden prince's injury but you got a lot of fans here in canada and on snme the snme family Aiden prince get better soon bigger and better things absence makes the heart grow fonder man don't don't worry about it just shake it off brother you're gonna you're gonna be good uh, and he's one of the most talented wrestlers in canada and honestly one of the most underlooked independent wrestlers on planet earth pay honestly, attention to aiden prince i'm sure when he comes back from injury he's gonna be shot out of a cannon i'm not trying to blow smoke up that guy but like honestly he reminds me so much of josh alexander as he was getting big right like everyone knew knew of him everyone knew of josh alexander uh, but he just wasn't given that that you know that next step 
He's the best kept secret. He's the best kept secret in Canadian indie wrestling. He is the he is the the, the, next, the number one prospect. The number the next one. Josh prospect. Alexander. The next Speedball Mike Bailey. I I've said this to this guy's face. I would say it to anybody's face. I've told him this. I think he's like I think he's Darby Allen meets Ilya Dragunov. I'm dead serious. That's what his style is, man. Yep. That's why he kind of looks like it too. Yeah. Like this kid's this kid's something special. Get well soon, Aiden Prince. All right, so. Uh, Morella, he makes um, Johnny uh, Swinger versus Kenny King official, and then someone who's been getting a huge rub on the show, and that's Steve Macklin. He walks up. He says he wants to be added to the Josh Alexander-Rich Swan match at No Surrender. Morella said no. He says he's got uh, something to do later. That's when Dirty Dango walks up, um, and he says he's offering to be Morella's assistant if he is added to the four-way match. Uh, to And this four-way match is actually a new match that's going to determine the future number one contender after no surrender. All right, next match was Crazy Steve with Black Taurus versus Sheldon Jean. This match was a squash. Crazy Steve won this match. But after the match, Trey Miguel runs down. Trey Miguel is starting to show some heel tendencies. He runs down, shoves Taurus to the ring post, tries to attack Crazy Steve. Um, but then uh, Crazy Steve kind of came back. He stole the spray paint from Miguel, and he tagged himself with Miguel's Rascals logo, and he challenges him for an X Division Championship match. All right, after that, Gia Miller is with Jordan Grace in the back. Grace was asked about her knockouts title rematch because uh, she is set to face Mickey James shortly. Uh, and that, just, you know, Mickey James and Jordan Grace from the last pay-per-view was just so freaking good. Cannot wait to see this rematch. Uh, Grace essentially said that she's getting ready for that and she's going to welcome the newcomer, Steph DeLander, next week uh, on the show. Next, here's a fun one. Santino Morella is backstage, sits down with Raven. Morella asks Raven how could he be a successful authority figure. Raven told Morella to make him the champ since they'd be losing money if he wasn't. Morella kind of jokingly says he'll think about it. Guess who shows up? That's. F- did you hear about this? No, I didn't. Uh, also, did you note who Steph DeLander is? No. Steph DeLander, known to NXT Talk fans as Persia Parada. Yeah, Persia Parada of NXT fame is Steph Delander. Sorry. Yep. Ron Rice shows up. Oh, <laughs> Big Reese. Yep. No way. What was what what was his name in the flock? Was it Reese? <sighs> I think it might so. have been Reese. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Ron. I think Ron Reese was simply Reese yeah. when he was in the flock. I remember a Reese versus Chris Benoit match of all people, and Benoit beat the crap out of this seven foot two man. Yeah, so he shows up, and he just sits down after Morella leaves, and he's like, hey, is the flock coming back together? <laughs> well, that's a fun little fun little shout-out. Yeah. Yes, right. Reese definitely was on – I think he was on uh, the the uh, the WCW uh, revenge game. He was. He was. Nice. All right, Bully Ray's in the ring, and he says he's the most hated person in the company and the industry. He says he warned Santino Morella about what happens when he doesn't get what he wants. Ray then said he only ever tolerated Tommy Dreamer. He called Dreamer a snake because at least he is honest about who he is. This is when Mickey James comes out, interrupts Bully Ray as a favor to a couple weeks ago. 
Um, James said that her and Dreamer didn't get along for years until Ray turned on, on him a few months ago. James called Ray a snake and told him to leave Impact since no one even wants him there. Ray threatened to beat up James, uh, kind of made fun of her. Uh, Ray is really starting to get angry. He's he's threatening violence on Mickey James, yada, yada, yada. I'm going to put you through a table. Tommy Dreamer comes out, and he challenges Ray's uh, new friends, Skyler and Hodge, to a match. They say no. That's when Santino comes out, and he makes the match uh, regardless of what they said. So that was that. So next week, uh, we're going to be seeing Mickey James and Tommy Dreamer versus Hotch and Skyler. Ah, so very, very interesting. Here's the thing. Mickey James right now, right? She's 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 has this weird thing with Bully Ray going on. But yet on this at the same time, she's kind of doing a thing uh, with with Masha Slamovich. Right. So it's 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 I don't know exactly where they're going with this. I know that the stories are eventually going to come together. And this is a classic wait and see. Right. Uh, Is it is it Bully Ray versus Nick Aldis? Is that where they're going? I can see that eventually happening. Nick Aldis hasn't appeared anywhere really just yet. I think he's still a free agent. I could see him showing up in NXT if he'd be willing to, but if not, Impact seems like actually probably his his future home. I yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if that's where this story's going. All right, then we get the Witch A promo of the week. Killer Killer Kelly comes out. Uh, she said that her and Wild are going face to face. Taylor Wild and her new Witch A um, persona comes in. Said that their future isn't as opponents but as tag team. Then Rosemary literally teleports. Yep, literally teleports nice. in. Nice, as classic impact. Rosemary, classic impact, uh, along with the Death Dolls, and then somehow we're gonna get a Wild and Kelly versus Death Dolls match. Uh, that was that. Kenny King beats Johnny Swinger in another squash match. Uh, Bully Ray then walks up to Masha Slamovich and says, "Hey, you know we should we should team up." So again, like I say, everything is coming together, Millhouse, right? Um, last week, the major players were embarrassed by Joe Hendry, uh, cause Joe Hendry had a video. I don't know if you saw this, Matt, basically called you'll always be edges, bitch. I did not actually see that. You should. It's actually hilarious. Uh, major players. Love Joe Hendry. He's actually doing great work right now. Impact. It's the Joe Hendry, you know, now that Grado and all those guys are gone, like him alone. So good. And he's right now feuding with the major players. The major players tried to do a rebuttal, um, a response music video. But obviously, you know, they're idiots and they're heels. So that's that. <laughs> Let's talk about the main event. That's the design. Diener, Callahan, Angels, and Khan. You know who Khan is, right? Uh, from ROH fame, yeah. No, from the Ascension. Oh, he's Connor? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was Khan from, like, no. the Gates of Agony or whatever. No, 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 from, no, oh. from Shane Taylor Promotions. No, it's Khan from The Ascension. Not to be confused with Tony or Nick or Sheo or any of the other cons in wrestling. We have another con. That's cool. 
<laughs> exactly. So the design, Diener, Callahan, Angels, and Khan versus Team Alexander, which consisted of Josh Alexander, Frankie Kazarian, Rich Swan, and Yuya Uemura. This match was a lot of fun, uh, and the design ends up winning. U U U Uemura uh, was kind of uh, left alone. Diener intercepts him, throws him to Callahan. Callahan hits a cactus driver for the win. So there you go. He achieved step four of the seven deadly steps to become a full-fledged member of the design. All right, next week's card. Here's what's coming up on February the 9th. A four-way number one contender qualifier match. Brian Myers versus Dirty Dango. Uh, then you have a nice. another four-way number one contender qualifier match. As Shira goes up against PCO. You have Joe Hendry going up against Matt Cardona for the Impact Digital Media Championship. Uh, you have the Death Dolls going up against Killer Kelly and Taylor Wilde. And you have the Good Hands going up against Tommy Dreamer and Mickey James. Pretty stacked card coming up this week on Impact. And I will be doing the report for SlamWrestling.net. All in all, fun show. Awesome. Yeah, sounds like Impact is rolling. Uh, other than the Bully Ray stuff, which uh, your mileage may vary on. Sounds like everything else is pretty good. Yep, exactly exactly that's kind of how i see stuff all right man so yeah all right in terms of wrestling one last thing that i want to really talk about and that's new japan pro wrestling they do yes. have the new beginning in osaka happening this weekend um on saturday or sunday it's i think it's the 11th uh yeah february 11th that's going to be happening uh, okada is defending the title but there is one match in particular that i want to talk about and that is the loser leaves japan match Jay White versus Hikaleo. Strong, strong rumors that Mr. White is coming to Orlando. Yes, uh, possibly even skipping Orlando, showing up at WrestleMania. There's all kinds of crazy rumors about Jay White. But yes, sir, the new, excuse me, the new beginning in Osaka, Japan, February 11th, 2023. Loser leaves Japan, Jay White versus Hikaleo. Do you think it's a red herring? Do you I think Hikileo is going to be the one who leaves? There's been rumors that he's his contract is almost up and WWE's talking to him, right? So someone's going to Orlando after this match. Loser goes to Orlando. Get a, you know, it, it'll be yeah. like the Mountie versus Big Boss Man, except to lose instead of spending a night in jail, you spend the next four years of your life in WWE. Yes, locked in the performance center. Loser goes to Disneyland. That's where we're at. So uh, the main event of this show is Okada versus Shingo for the IWGP world title. That should be incredible. Those guys are great. But yeah, the most interesting match on this show, I think, is safely Jay White versus Hikuleo. Loser leaves town match where you could legitimately see both guys leaving town at this moment. And I'm sure once someone leaves, everyone on the internet is going to act like it was obvious the whole time. But don't get it twisted. At this moment, very realistically, both guys could leave and wrestling fans don't know. Yep. And I love that about wrestling. This is the thing. Yes. I love not knowing stuff, especially like if you listen to this show, obviously you read, you know, other other reports, you read Fightful, you'll read The Observer and whatnot and all those. And that's cool. And there's still something to be said about being in the dark and being surprised. Absolutely makes you feel like a kid again. You know, it reminds you what you love about wrestling. And speaking of Boris, I think that's a great transition into our top 10 matches of the year so far. I got to grab a beer so you fucking you do this thing. All right. There is one last thing I want to talk about with you, and that is yes. Keiji Muto. And did you hear what's going on with Keiji Muto? 
No, not really. Okay, what, so what they have the on? big, the big show, the grand poobah, the grand, the final, the retirement of the retirement shows. Um, you know, this is supposed to be happening on February twenty first at the Tokyo Dome, but during the Great Muda's final bye bye event, he actually tore both. He got a major injury, like a really bad injury. Really, what was it? Uh, he ended up doing all right so he says that he tore both hamstrings in both legs he okay so muda says that he tore both hamstrings in both legs in the match that just happened with darby allen and sting yeah so there's a lot of questions swirling around what's going to happen this could be a red herring obviously you never know especially you know especially in japan um but you know there's a lot of talk about what's going to happen if anything they're not i don't see them canceling this show they're just going to turn the naito versus keiji muda match into a tag team of sorts to just to limit what he's going to do i don't even see if if he is injured and this does turn into a tag team match he's just going to spit on someone i don't even see him doing a shining wizard or anything dumb like that well, I mean, if he, he's a 60-year-old man with two torn hamstrings, if that's real, he might be wheelchair-bound for the next two months, man. Like, he's not hes not throwing a shining wizard. No. Yeah. If he could stand up, he could definitely miss someone. Yeah. yeah. That's that's sad. I hope that's a work. I hope so, too. I hope so, too. But this was coming out uh, late last week, so that's February 21st. We'll talk about this in, uh, bam, closer to the show. We'll go through the card. We'll talk about that. Um, that would be a cool list to have the best Cajun Muda great Muda match match list uh, doesn't Ooh. need to be extensive, but just a little something, something, right? Yes, and we could do that before the retirement match because I promise you the retirement match will not make the top 10 KG Muto matches. We could definitely get that in before the match. Usually I like to do the lists after, like the Elimination Chamber list, for example. We've been talking about doing that. I'm going to do that after the Elimination Chamber 2023, Boris, just in case those matches make the list. That makes it more evergreen, you know? Exactly. All right. right. Take it over, my friend. Yes, let's enter list corner. First, I must get a beer. I need to be lubricated for this thing, buddy. Be right back. I am back. The top 10 matches so far in 2023. We've been blessed with great wrestling, buddy, already in this year. That was my line. (laughs) (laughs) I was was trying to tee up. I was trying to put it on the tee for you. Swing the bat. You can hit it out to right field. Uh, So anyway, we have 10 matches to talk about and three that I have not yet seen, but I'm sure will be on the list at the end of the year. So let's talk about the three that I haven't seen. Kato Kiyomiya versus Kino. This is from Noah, the new year, January 1st, 2023. This is uh, Kiyomiya is the uh, GHC heavyweight champion right now. He's the guy who Okada got in that crazy shoot looking fight with, and they're going to have a match pretty soon. Yes, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that. You know what I love about Okada? Okada's kind of like Hulk Hogan sometimes, right? Where as much of a hero and ace he, he is, he's kind of a dick sometimes. And I mean character <laughs> yeah. Hulk Hogan, not yes. real life Hulk Hogan. Who is also kind of a dick sometimes, but that's neither here nor there. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome to see some bad blood between Kiyomiya and Okada. So, yes, Kato Kiyomiya defending his title versus Kino from Noah's uh, January 1st show. We also have an All Japan tag team match that's getting a lot of love. It'll probably end up on our list. I have yet to see it, though. It's Kento Miyahara 
and Takuya Nomura versus Naoya Nomura and Yuma Aoyagi. So Yuma Aoyagi, his name is a little uh, known. Obviously, Kento Mayahara has been, quote-unquote, the ace of uh, All Japan for a long time. So some big names in here. And it'll be exciting to watch that match. That was from the New Year Giant Series, January 22nd, 2023. So all Japan tag team match, Noah heavyweight title match. I also haven't seen Darby Allen versus Samoa Joe yet. The uh, the crazy no holds barred match where Samoa Joe wins the title. I love Darby Allen. I'm sure that match will be on the list as well. Yep, it will be. I can guarantee you. I know your style. I know. I know the what moxie you got. Uh, that's uh, for sure going to be on your list. But you're going to cringe when you watch the bumps that that poor kid takes. Oh, poor dear sweet Darby. I actually might watch that today. I have it on the thing. I actually I heard the review that Darby gets just absolutely annihilated and loses the title, and that's kind of why I haven't watched it because I love him so much. I don't want to see that. Oh, dear sweet Darby. Anyway, so yes, let's get to the list, the top ten matches that I have seen so far in 2023. We're gonna start with number 10. This is four and a quarter stars, four and a quarter rumbles out of five because it is the men's Royal Rumble match, a 29-man Royal Rumble because Rey Mysterio didn't get into it, if you remember. But the men involved, Angelo Dawkins, Austin Theory, Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, Booker T, Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, Chad Gable, Cody Rhodes, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, Drew McIntyre, Edge, Elias the Drifter, Finn Balor, Gunther, Johnny Gargano, Karrion Cross, Kofi Kingston, Logan Paul, ya boy, Montez Ford, Omos, Otis, Ricochet, Santos Escobar, Seth Rollins, Sheamus, The Miz, and Xavier Woods. That is the 2023 Men's Royal Rumble. It is the fifth best Royal Rumble of all time, by my count. We did that list last week on BAM. You can check that out. And it is the 10th best match of this year so far, Boris. Yep. I, I, I think that's fair, right? Like, the Royal Rumble, the Men's Royal Rumble, was it was simple. And it was well done, right? And, and yes. I feel like you got a lot of stories out of it, which kind of goes into your thread that you put earlier this morning on the SNME Radio Facebook group, which you everyone should be a part of. And if you're not, go and join it. And that's how hyped you are for WrestleMania. And how this finally, in the, for the first time in maybe a decade or longer, feels like a proper WrestleMania main event. I think this is the best WrestleMania main event since Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker in 2010. That yep. was basically the point of my thread, my long-winded thread this morning. All right. Sounds uh, good. Match, yes. All right, big homie. We're going to go to AEW for match number nine, Escalera de la Muerte. This is match number seven of the World Trios titles series the best of seven series death triangle versus the elite that is Pac, penta el zero miedo and ray phoenix versus kenny omega matt jackson and nick jackson this is from january 11th yep this match was 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 bomb.com as people apparently said at one point in history yes yes they actually did that was crazy the 2000s were a bad time for everyone <laughs> but uh <laughs> But yeah, man. So yes, the uh, the AEW, the World Trios titles. They've had a lot of great matches with these six man tag team belts, and this is one of the best for sure. The only problem with this match is they were pressed for time. They squeezed it like. 30 minute ladder match into like 17 minutes, yeah. which made it spectacular. Not a lot of selling going on though. Yeah, but that's a conversation for another day and another show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So match number nine was that trio's ladder match. Match number eight 
to NXT Vengeance Day we go. Dijak versus Wes Lee going out on the limb and saying it was even better than that ladder match. This, this I feel, is exactly where it goes on this list. The best match of Vengeance Day, possibly the best WWE match of Dijak's career. Wes Lee looked great. This was brilliant. You said you're going out on a limb. Is this limb Dijak's finger? No, no, it's a stronger limb than that. Poor Dijak with his with his acute angle finger. Yep. Oh, that's so nasty to see. So gross. So match number eight of the year so far, Dijak versus Wesley Vengeance Day. Uh poor Dijak with your with your mangled finger. Uh, he'll he'll be back soon, I'm sure. Match number seven. For the AEW TNT title, Darby Allen versus Kushida. I love this match. Kushida just trying to work Darby's arm. There's some awesome spots in this match with a well-told story. I thought this was just excellent professional wrestling. I love Kushida's work. I'm a huge Kushida mark. Match number seven, Darby Allen versus Kushida. Corner I corner almost corner. made the joke that he was better in jacket time, but I didn't want you to quit on me. I would have I would have shut the window down and left SNME radio. I would have just I just not only quit the, quit this podcast, but quit the entire network. I know. That's instantly. what I mean. <laughs> Good thing you didn't make that joke. Match number seven. Darby versus Kushida. No, you got it. Uh, no, you, no, we're just going to ignore that. Match number six, five and four. It's the Brian Danielson three pack, buddy. The Brian Danielson, the D Brian three pack. So how do you rank the three big Danielson matches? All of which four and a quarter stars, all of which must be talked about on the year of the match, match of the year, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so I'm going to put Danielson versus Thatcher sixth. The most recent one, it was a scientific battle that is going to be where we rank uh, Danielson versus Thatcher, the sixth best match of the year. That was from February 1st. Match number five, Danielson versus Takeshita from January 11th. And match number four, the best Danielson match so far this year versus Bandito. That is from the January 18th episode. So match number six, Danielson versus Thatcher. Match number five, Danielson versus Takeshita. Match number four, Danielson versus Bandito. What do you think, buddy? Oh, it's so hard to rate these, man. Each of them had a different story within the match in the overarching Daniel uh, Danielson trying to get to his uh, his title shot, the Iron Man match, right? Um, honestly, I preferred the Thatcher match the most, but that's just the style of wrestling that I like to watch. That's fair. And that's what it basically comes down to. I like the Bandito match the most because I feel like we got a little taste of everything. We got the scientific, but we also got the high flying. We got the crazy suplexes. We got the the big comeback. We didn't think like Bandito might have beaten Danielson in that match. That was the closest Danielson's come to losing, I think. So excellent stuff. And this week he faces Roosh. Oof, that could be amazing. I hope Roosh doesn't concuss this man. Because yeah. uh, I, I, I'd be scared to wrestle Roosh. He's a crazy man. Like, if you watch him work, he beats the crap out of people. Yep. I don't know if this has actually been said anywhere, um, but what Rush said, Roosh said in Spanish uh, <laughs> to MJF, uh, he basically said, I'll do what you want, but then I'm coming after you and your belt. Interesting. Great note, buddy. That's why you need to be out here taking these notes on these Spanish promos. Thank you very much for that translation. Obviously, I went way over my head. Yeah. So I, I like that, right? It's like the planting the seeds. Planted seeds. Only 60% of the USA is going to understand, but planting the seeds. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. All right. So those, all the matches that we have mentioned right now, 
uh, so far have been four and a quarter stars. We're now entering a new tier, Boris. We're going to the four and a half stars. Very important. Not just not just something special, but an all-time classic. Not just an A, but an A+. plus. So this is how we kind of try to differentiate uh, the tiers here. Four and a half stars, 90%, all-time classic. Match number three of the year, Hangman Page versus John Moxley. Their third match, the most recent one, February 1st Dynamite. The best match of one of the best Dynamites I've ever seen. Uh, the third match, yes. Yes, I, I will I will give you this one. Yes, this match was great. It was their best match. It was a war. I liked the layout. I liked the finish so much where Paige was fighting Moxley and fighting him and Moxley out-wrestled him. He's still in the Blackpool Combat Club, still one of the best wrestlers of all time. This is still a wrestling match. And honestly, the cowboy took it to this man. And Moxley was like, oh, my God, this guy's beating me in a fight. I got to I gotta out-wrestle him. And he did because he's the damn world champion. He's not at that level anyway. And yep. now this perfectly sets up Paige versus Moxley in a Texas death match, which Adam Page always wins, and he's going to win again. And that's his specialty. So, yeah, brilliant match, which sets up the next one, which could be even better. I'm going to say this one's an all-time classic. Page yeah. versus Moxley, third best match of the year. Agreed. What I like about this is, okay, this is the rubber match. You give Moxley the big win of this, of this triad of matches, but then you set up brilliantly set up a new match and this is where moxley can do return the favor and adam page eventually goes over just brilliant yes brilliant booking 100 percent agreed uh, wrapped in an excellent match too so yeah no lower than number three and the only reason it's number three is because we have two things that are so very special the number two match of the year also an all-time classic jay lethal versus mark briscoe the Jay Briscoe yeah. tribute match. It's Shades of the Owen Hart tribute match. Yeah, I wouldn't have a beating heart in my chest if I told you this was less than an all-time classic. It is an all-time classic. Yeah. It was a it was a beautiful display of professional wrestling that I'll remember for a very long time. Yep. Jay Lethal versus Mark Briscoe, four and a half stars, number two match of the year. Nothing else to say. Beautiful moment in wrestling. Uh, you know, I I, I honestly think that. It was the most emotional wrestling fans have you, you, uh, gotten at all at the same time in a really long time. And it was just such a good match to top it all off. And the ending was just absolutely incredible with, you know, the just the tribute and everything that happened. And uh, this is why I love wrestling sometimes. Exactly. It's it's terrible that we had to see it, but it was beautiful that they put it on. And yep. it was just, yeah, professional wrestling doesn't often make you feel that way. And that's kind of what we're doing here. And I think even they would tell you that there there's been a better match this year. I bet you Jay Lethal and Mark Briscoe themselves would tell you that Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay from Wrestle Kingdom was the best match of the year. That is five stars. One of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay is the match of the year. And as brilliant and beautiful as some of the wrestling has been this year, it's not really even close. It's not close. No. This match, honestly, I, I it's going to be hard to dethrone from the number one spot. I absolutely agree. If, if it does get dethroned, we see something that is truly transcendent in wrestling. Yeah. 
So yes, uh, uh, yeah, like, we all go like, to the next truly... plane of wrestling. <laughs> My God, like yeah, we just advanced to to wrestling heaven. So the three matches that are on the podium, three all time classics. Number three of the year, Hangman Page versus Moxley, their rubber match. Number two, Lethal versus Briscoe, the Jay Briscoe tribute, and the number one match of the year so far, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay from Wrestle Effing Kingdom. Big homie. Love it. Thank you for that, Matt. And I think this puts us to bed this week here on BAM. That's Boris and Matt Weekly. And there is so much going on here on Sunday night's main event. This is the preview week where you get to listen to each and every single show after this week. The only way that you can listen to every single show is by becoming a part of the family, as I like to call it. And the way you become part of the family is by going to patreon.com slash SNME Radio, and you can thank Total Sports and TotalSports.com for presenting this free preview week because without them, none of this would be possible. So, thank you guys again. Thank you for listening, whether this is the first time or the hundredth time. It me- truly means so much to us, but you know, gotta keep it locked in on the network because not only do you have the full rotation of wrestling shows. We are now adding a slew of pop culture shows. So this week, you're going to be getting the It's Canon podcast. That's going to be coming out later tonight, where I geek out with my co-host, Phil, and we talk all things pop culture, all things comics, and the best part of that show is that it's all in canon. You're also going to be getting Tuesday Morning Cooked, which is Mike McGuire and Joe Aguinaldo as they go through an in-depth raw preview and talk about other stuff like their life. We're also going to be getting Steve Swift's Rambling A.E. Dark Review. Now, these reviews are kind of shorter, um, and and they're more on the comedic side. So I'm really excited to be listening to that. Then Matt and I are coming back with NXT Talk, and it's going to be a doozy of an episode because Bailey is making an appearance, so we'll see what happens after that. Uh, We are also getting... hello. Yep, we're also going to be getting Steve Swift's Rambling A.E.W. Dark Elevation Review again in the same theme as his other review where it's more comedic and short. Then we're going to be going with All Elite Weekly on Thursday. Uh, we're also going to be getting Steven's Wrestling Journey, which is going to be a bi-weekly show. We're getting the Mouths Rock and Roll Lunch Party. Then the Godfathers of Podcasting as Donnie Da Silva and Chris Tidwell. They've been podcasting forever. Hell, they started the law, which turned into Sunday night's main event. Uh, So they're coming back and they're talking all things pop culture. Um, And they have awesome guests each and every week. On Friday, we're going to have setting the standard as Uncle Bobby B and the standard himself. Matthew Grant talk all things the Ontario wrestling indie scene and how Matthew went from referee to pro wrestler in this chaotic, chaotic Ontario season. Uh, then we also have AEWTF, which is coming at you from Dark Side of the Elite, where they go through each and every show uh, and, and kind of recap the month that was AEW. We have the Smack Daddies. That's always a great show. The Smack Daddies, the East Coast Dads, talking all things SmackDown. Dax, Xavier, and myself are coming at you this weekend with the Rampage Ramble. Uh, then we have Looking Back on It, which is a, a music review show. And we're going to be taking a look at albums from the 90s until the 2000s. And then MLW Rewind as they chat. Uncle Bobby B. Um <clears throat> Chats with George, Makai, all things MLW. So happy to finally have them on the network. 
And that leads us to Sunday as Mike McGuire presents Sunday night's main event, the flagship show where we get the week that was in professional wrestling and then some Matt. That, that, that's just a taste of what you're going to be getting uh, as a patron member, as part of the family, patreon.com slash SME radio. Again, thank you to everyone. It means so much. If you are a patron, if you are part of the family, it means so much. Matt, thank you as always. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Till next time, stay tranquilo. To quote uh, the great Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, just a little daste! And spelled D-A-S-T-E, just a little daste, Boris. Yeah, yeah, yeah!